ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನ್ನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ Shraddha is about making a room. Yeah, because when there is space, then there is place for the knowledge to walk in and not run away. Yeah, because like those uh, rooms of the sons of that old man I told in the story yesterday. Yeah. where he went into the first room and got a cough because of all the dust raised by the bales of cotton and he had to rush out and if our internal landscape has become a landfill of various non biodegradable feelings non biodegradable emotions non biodegradable patterns non biodegradable beliefs non biodegradable ideologies all kinds of things then it is just a it's not a landscape it's a landfill from which one needs to escape this is what it is <laughs> this is what it is there's all kinds of things that i don't even know that i don't want it is just crowding and we have come to a place you know where we cannot stand ourselves you know that's why there are so many escape routes the kathopanishad says paranchikhani vyatrnat swayambhuhu parak pasyati na cha antaratman swayambhuhu the lord has as though destroyed us complains the kathopanishad why because all the you know means of knowledge from through which we gather impressions are all facing outside 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 the eyes don't look within they're looking out and then the the ears don't hear the inner cry for pain and release from this world of becoming they just hear boom boom <laughs> same thing all the things the sense organs are directed towards the world because of which it's easy to escape oh lord what have you done to us you have made it very difficult to look within says the kathopanishad but there is hope because kashchit dhirah out of all this in this cacophony of wanting to escape from the landfill and where is the landfill in in the in in what should be the inner landscape has become the inner landfill of devices and desires and that is what is questioned here and that is what has to be overcome so as long as that is not understood what happens is that one is pressured to run away and escape 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 run 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 this is what life is about this is what kali yuga this time that we are undergoing which is only 436000 years old <laughs> only yeah and we are somewhere in the first quarter <laughs> yeah kali yuge prathame paade we say that in front of every sankalpa you know and then this is what our mothers and fathers said when they did yagna and homa this is what our grandmother and grandfather said when they did some ritual kali yuge prathame paade in the first portion of kali yuga in the first portion of kali yuga and even in adi shankara's time which is what you know bc yes 8 bc they were still saying kali yuge prathame paade yeah so don't get depressed <laughs> meaning this is a time of, this is already a time of chaos it's an already a time you know speaking of uh, long what is that long uh, you know 
uh, effect of uh, yugas long periods of time it's all kali means kalmasha kali means conflict kali means a conflicted mind kali means uh, santapa santapa means what yeah no no not heat yeah santapa means it certainly i know what it's not <laughs> i may not be able to translate it <laughs> so santapa santapa is uh, yes literally it can mean heat but uh, it means the torment like when the burner is under the feet ha ah, so in a way you are right but it's the contextual it means the torment and what is this torment the torment is just that of always wanting to escape and not knowing how and the escapes and the escape routes are always temporary and finite wherever you go there you are yeah that's all it is and you run from the landfill but the landfill is running behind you internal landfill yeah of all kinds of notions and various uh, ideologies all of them non biodegradable this is why it's called landfill because they refuse to die they refuse to be integrated they refuse to you know it refuses to find a place where one can just let go and so such a landscape such a mind when it's exposed to the knowledge what will happen either the landscape you know we shouldn't call it landscape when such a landfill is exposed to the knowledge what will happen ha idhar aao idhar jagah hai yeah so uh aaiye come so when such a landfill is exposed to the knowledge you know many things can happen i'm warming up so <laughs> first thing that happens is that the mind rejects the knowledge yes why because it's a, a mind that is filled with this kind of landfill of hard patterns fears tears sorrow and also wanting to escape from them is not going to accept what is in its best interest because one of the the surface the top soil of this landscape is self sabotage we have never heard of this word right <laughs> we don't know what it is how do you spell that yeah self sabotage is the top soil of this landscape so you know the knowledge wants to come the knowledge that one is whole in fact one is yearning for it the yearning is somewhere underneath all the you know styrofoam of devices and desires and uh, so it is it is it is not this yearning is lost or rather transmuted into various pursuits there is only one desire really speaking and i can say this with alacrity and i can say this without apology for all of humanity there is only one desire and that is to stop being a wanting person that is the desire look deeply and you will see that i i'm not happy with who i am who are you you know this is the rope's neck thing i am so and so and so do you you know what are your plans and even if you don't ask somebody what are your plans they will tell you what do you do well i'm the ceo of such and such but you know there'll always be a but if however however we are planning to acquire this company and then i'll be the ceo of two companies then you talk to the ceo of two companies what do they want i want to you know be i want to come in the fortune magazine yeah bad fortune for the rest of us you know <laughs> that's why it's called fortune <laughs> this is what it is i want to be in the in the top 5 10 500 people who are earning a lot 
But really, what is this money about? You, you know, are you in love with money? No, no, no. Money makes me feel secure because you know, money has become virtual now. Nobody really sees money. You know, you just have to have shraddha that the, the paycheck has gone to the bank. <laughs> really, you have to trust. Because the bank sends one note. Why do you trust that? You know, it says, okay, this much has been deposited. You have to trust. And then you spend your credit card somewhere, okay, out of that, this much is gone. You trust. It's all virtual anyway. And then somebody said, oh, now that this, now we can, there's a quick way to become rich. You invest in this thing called Bitcoin. Ah, how is it gaining? And then as soon, of course, you know, karma being such, as soon as you are ready to buy, it will go up. Then you buy, as soon as you have finished buying it, then the stocks will fall. Yes, this is what it is. <laughs> that is the nature of karma. That is the nature of everyone's horror scope. This is what happens. <laughs> so, so this is, this is a, I mean, all money is virtual anyway. Everything is virtual. We live in a virtual reality, pretending that it is real. And so, so much so, that what is real, we are escaping from. We don't know. And we, 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 we don't want to find out. Because there are enough uh, strains and there are enough uh, contrary self-sabotaging elements coming in the way of really looking into the meaning of the word I and really daring to accept that I'm non-separate from the whole. In fact, I'm non-separate from God. This is seen as blasphemous in many traditions. This is what the whole thing is. And so, one is born with two kinds of ignorances. Ignorance of Everything that is not I, anatma ajnanam, and ignorance of what? I, atma ajnanam. Only two things are there in the world I and not I. Yeah. The nice thing about Vedanta, it has a few nice things. And the nice thing about Vedanta, it's all about me, unabashedly. And that's why sometimes it's considered a selfish pursuit. Yeah, selfish because the significant other is not interested in it. That's why the significant other will say, how can you be so selfish? But it's not a selfish pursuit when you see that the meaning of this word I is not the one that is identified with this body-mind sense complex, but which is discovered to be the source of this universe. Ah, that is the self. It's not just this small little, you know, one with a small violin, you know, yeah. <laughs> Having a little party of pity. No, it's not that one. It's the one that is, that is, you know, whole, free, contented. So the not I ignorance and the I ignorance are there in the baby, as a baby. Both are there. I don't know myself. The baby, you ask the baby, do you know you are God? It will say, goo, goo, goo. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you ask the baby, who is your mummy? At three months, it may not know. But at nine months, it certainly knows. This is, you are not anybody connected to me. Why should I come to you? You are someone connected to me. It knows. And so, in other words, the not-I ignorance drops on its own. Mummy ignorance drops. Daddy ignorance drops. These are all my toys. That ignorance, you know. <laughs> whose toys are these? That ignorance drops. They are certainly mine. If they are not mine, they are not yet mine. That's all. <laughs> Soon they will be mine. So this is the two-year-old. The two-year-old's ahankara is, the, is like Ishwara. I'm everything. I'm, you know, everything is of course mine. Who are you to even think that? This is what the whole thing is. Then, you know, child goes to school. 
goes to KG, KG ignorance drops, civics ignorance drops, geography ignorance drops, all this not I ignorance drops. I wish I could say similarly, at age 21, the I ignorance also drops and everyone becomes a jnani, a knowledgeable person. I wish I could say that, but I can't. For the I ignorance to drop, there has to be some effort on one's part. It, it doesn't happen effortlessly. When you know it is effortless, but you have to move the hands and legs and the mind to, to want this knowledge. And like everything else, Vedanta, like this whole world, the Vedanta is also a paradox. It's a paradox because in order to want this knowledge, I already have to have some knowledge of what to want. Correct? You can't desire something you don't want. And you can't desire something that you already have because you already have it. So we are in a, in a flux. So what is this that I want? I want freedom from this escaping. I want freedom from this relentless life of becoming this, that or the other. And this freedom is called moksha. I want freedom from that trap, from the entrapment of my own mind and from all the things it does and says and all the deep-rooted patterns and I want freedom from the unconscious mind that just comes even when it's not Halloween and scares me, says boo. I want freedom. Okay, and what does the what does Vedanta say to that? Vedanta says, "You are already free. This is not a salvific tradition. You are already free. You don't need to be saved because you were never enslaved. You are already saved. You are already free." No, this is a very big paradox. If I am already free, how come I don't know it? <laughs> and if I am not free, then how come I? You know, if I am already free, how come I don't know it? And if I'm not free, then, you know, how do I go about becoming free? If I'm already free, I, how come I desire freedom? So then we have to go back to the aropa, the rope snake analogy. You know, the I is somewhat known. I know I am. It doesn't need proof. The I is the proof of its own existence. It's a self-proof. I know I am, but I don't know who I am. Better still, I know who I am not. Ah, I take the not I to be I. This is what it is. And this I not I business is, seems to be a very funny business. So this hand, is this I or not? Of course it's I. It's my hand. How can you say this is not I? Then otherwise I'll be going like this, you know, disowning my own hand. It'll look very funny after a little while. You know, because, you know, I'm a monk, they might, they might say, okay, all these sadhus have some quirks and this one is going like this. <laughs> in fact, in the Kumbh Mela, one of the Kumbh Melas, there was one uh, sadhu uh, who, who had his hand like this. You saw that, yeah. See, uh, some people think I make stuff up. Uh, sometimes I do, but this is not this is not one of those times. Yeah, sometimes I make stuff up to just to illustrate a point. So he was he was like this, and he had not spoken in I think forever, and the hand was gnarled like a dead branch. Really, it was all just completely. It was petrified. And it was stuck like this because uh, somebody asked him where is God and he, it was a wrong answer. Yeah, you know, he shouldn't have, <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have given that answer. And then uh, apparently he went into trance when he did that and he either forgot or the hand for some reason did not come down. And it is still like this. He sleeps <laughs> like that, he gets up like that and uh, this is how it is permanently like that. And two, three doctors examined him. They tried to, <coughs> couldn't. And he was not interested. He said, I've lived here for, like this for so long. Let it continue. You know. So, this is, you know, this is the, uh, you cannot say, this is not my hand. 
You cannot say this is not. This is me. Of course. And this me is a very funny me. Because the me sense, the I notion, seems to be confined to this, you know, where the fingers, the extremity ends, there the I notion drops. So, for example, is this I or not? Yes, I. Not I. The space between the two fingers. How strange. This is I again. And in between, not I. I. Not I. I, not I, not I, I, you know, not I. And my guru, guru used to say, supposing you're standing there, you know, for some reason you're standing like this, let us imagine, in this funny mudra, and then a bullet passes through here, <laughs> in between. And what is this? We determined this to be what? Not I. Then you say, ah, but yeah, we are saved. <laughs> this did not touch me at all. But if it goes one millimeter this side, that side, it won't just be I. It'll be I, 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 I. <laughs> you know? Huh? This I sense pervades this body and then everything outside of it is not I. Not I, not I, not I, not I, not I, not I, not I. I. Very funny. You know? So that being the case, the not I and the I having this strange boundary and for some people who are sensitive you know the, the I sense extends up to here perhaps because they have what is called <laughs> aura yes <laughs> ah, people you know can uh, can discern and then there is this Kirlian photography where they have you know they, they look and it's a, it's a way of uh, diagnosing certain uh, ailments. So they say there is, a, you know, your aura is very, uh, very disturbed near the head. There's a lot of red and it should become purple. So what are you going to do? You ask the auric expert. Your aura has been combed the wrong way. I'm going to comb it, you know, this side. Again, you have to have a lot of shraddha because you don't know what's going on. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. You have to have shraddha for that, you know. So this I, when it meets the not I, seems to, you know, be, there is this boundary itself is questionable because there is trouble. The I and the not I, when they interact, there is trouble. Because certain aspects of the not I wants to become I, wants to merge into the I. Especially if those are objects of desire. Yes. One wants to become one with the chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> or the significant other. Sometimes the chocolate cake is the significant other. <laughs> yeah. So one wants to totally merge into it. One wants to become one with it. First, you know, Ishtavastu Darshanam, when you see something desirable, then what happens? There is a aha feeling inside. Ha! And that level of happiness is called Priya. And then, you know, because you just see a cake, slice of cake walking, you know, of course in someone's hand, you know, across the room. <laughs> ha ha ha! Priya! <laughs> and then you say, oh my god, it's coming towards me! It's for me! <laughs> Then a few more teeth come out <laughs> and the happiness as though increases. Moda! And then what? Then it is put in the hand and you can't wait for the person to leave. Otherwise you have to share, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm in a rush <laughs> to become one with this significant other. So please leave. Go, go, go. Yes, give me that. You please go. And then finally you know that this is rightfully yours and you ingest it. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Then the happiness is called Pramoda. Priya, Moda, Pramoda. After that what? 
<laughs> like the, uh, you know, like I saw this child with a half-eaten ice cream, crying into the ice cream, making it melt faster. I said, what's wrong? What happened? You don't like the ice cream? I love it. She's crying. What happened? It's half gone. It'll be soon all gone. <laughs> yes, this is what it is. So it's very, very clear that, you know, this Priya, Moda, Pramoda are changelings. They go up and down. And if you look a little deeper into the same Upanishad, which talks about Priya, Moda, Pramoda, and you will see that it says something very meaningful. It says, don't concentrate on the Priya, Moda, Pramoda. See what is holding them together and helping them manifest. And see, see that witness, be that witness. And what is that, you know, that is called Brahman. That is the truth of you. Brahman is another name for God in the, in the Vedantic tradition. That is what it is. Tasya priyame vashiraha modo dakshanaf pakshaha pramoda uttaraf pakshaha ananda atma brahma pucham pratishtha. It's a imagery to understand this very clearly of a bird. So let us imagine a bird, says the Upanishad, whose head is priya. The left wing is Moda, the right wing is Pramoda. But what is the truth of this bird? Ananda. Ananda means a happiness that is not characterized by swings up and down. And what is the tail of this bird? Because without the tail, the bird cannot fly. The tail gives it a stabilizing uh, effect. Pratishtha. What is the Pratishtha? Pratishtha doesn't mean just stabilizing effect. Pratishtha means what is the foundation of this very bird? What is the tail of it? Brahman, which is you. So this Brahman is wearing various robes of Priya, Moda, Pramoda and delighting in its various moods including sorrow. In fact, without delight, there is no sorrow. It's the joy, it's the ananda that upholds the sorrow. Really, it, it becomes a screen that manifests even the sorrow. So really speaking, there is a yearning for this I notion to become one with all the desirable objects in the not I realm. This is what it is. There's a deep yearning. So that is one part of our desires. And there is part two of this yearning is to stay far away from the objects of hate or from the objects that I don't want. That is also a desire, correct? Please keep me away from sickness, disease, death, all kinds of kalmashas, mental worries, problems. Please keep me away from poverty. Please keep me away from all this sense of want, all these things. So, certain things I want to stay away from and certain things I want to merge with. So, this is desire part one, part two in Sanskrit known as Raga and Dvesha. Raga, a, a strong preference for something. Dvesha, a strong prejudice from which I want to run away. So, these two are the strings because of which the jiva puppet dances. Jiva means individual. Dances. The dance of samsara. Cha-cha-cha. That's all it is. <laughs> yes. An endless dance. Cha-cha-cha in Sanskrit means and, and, and. Ah. So pun intended. Endless dance. And if the dance doesn't finish, what happens? Next life, and next life, and next life. And so therefore, the I and the not I are very questionable really. Because as long as these borders and boundaries are there, I am going to be a sad person. And there was one, I got a letter from somebody saying that uh, 
few years back that there is this Swami coming. Can you please recommend? Uh, he was going to some city. Can you recommend? Uh, not not a letter. I got a phone call from one woman, uh, American lady. Can you recommend a place for him to stay? I said, sure. Which city? And and I just asked, what is his name? His name is Sadananda. <laughs> <laughs> I said, surely that's not his name. <laughs> no, it is. I'm reading. I'm reading his email. S A D Ananda. Sad Ananda. <laughs> I said, no, no, it is Sadananda. Sada means always. <laughs> but in a way, all jivas are sad Ananda, so to speak. <laughs> yes, because you know that sadness won't go. And it's the ananda that's holding up the sadness, as I said. And all of this comes back to, comes down to this I, not I confusion. And as long as there is a not I, then either I am scared or I am sad. Go back again to the Taitri Upanishad. Udaram antaram kurute athatasya bhayam bhavati. What is the source of fear if you ask? The Taitri Upanishad is unequivocal and you know, the Upanishad is a lady of few words. She doesn't go wax eloquent. She leaves that to us, you know, <laughs> about each and every sentence. <laughs> so, she just says, Ut aram antaram kurute. For the one who makes even a difference between the I and the not I, which is the, the difference is as, um, what is that, diffuse and as small as the edge of a razor. Athatasya bhayam bhavati. Then the person is gripped with fear. Yeah, reproduced along with swaras. <laughs> ah, this is the source of fear. The source of fear is the I, not I. As long as there is a not I, there is fear. Ayo, what to do now? How can everything be I? <laughs> you know? Everything cannot be I because then I'll meet five people with headaches, then I'll get the sick, you know, I'll get a big headache because I, everything is I. So this is, this is something that is needing to be looked at. And then the source of sorrow is also separation. Source of anxiety is separation. That's why it's called separation anxiety. Source of sorrow is also separation. And separation uh, and the sorrow coming from this notion of separation, the Taittiriya Upanishad says, it translates into guilt and hurt. And how does it say that? Kimaham papama karavam Kimaham sadhuna karavam Kimaham papama karavam iti Why did I do the wrong thing? Why didn't I do the right thing? This is how it, the, the person laments. And why does this lament come from? The doing is always in relation to something other than the I, correct? And even if some, somebody is doing something bad to one's body, like putting in all kinds of, uh, that's why it's called junk food. I don't know how you can use junk and food in the same sentence, but this is what it is. So why did I do this? So the body at that point, you see it as not I because you are able to observe it. Why am I doing this to my body? Why am I putting in things like this? Why am I doing all these kinds of things? This is the lament. And this lament is, is uh, seen, you know, as a source of sorrow. And the source of sorrow is twofold, guilt and hurt. What is the cause of guilt? My own omissions and commissions. Things that I do or I have done which I cannot, you know, overcome that I am not proud of, that I should not have done. This becomes a source of guilt. I, oh, why did I do this? I shouldn't have done this. I knew better. I should have known better. And what is hurt? Things that other people 
you know, have done to me, ah, which they should not have done. That is the source of hurt. Why did they do this? They are my best friend forever and they shouldn't have done this. Why did they do this? And then, how could they forget my birthday? Huh? <laughs> things they didn't do. <laughs> things they should have done, they didn't do. Things that they did, they shouldn't have done. Other people's omissions and commissions in relation to me and what I call mine, you know, when that is disturbed due to their omissions and commissions, that is the cause of hurt. Hurt and guilt together is equal to sorrow. Yes. And therefore, life is a sorry go round of these kinds of experience, experiences. And sometimes, you know, we say Bhagavan has a sense of humor. Guilty marries hurty and, you know, live unhappily ever after. It happens. And it's a very interesting match because the guilty one keeps apologizing and it's never enough for the hurt one. <laughs> yeah. And so they remain together somehow. Very interesting, sadly interesting. So, therefore, it becomes, uh, you know, imperative to, to look into the source of this sorrow and this fear. And yesterday we touched upon the fact that the sorrow and fear is not my nature. And if you still continue to think it is your nature, come and see me after the talk. So, because we reject sorrow. Even the most depressed person says, I don't want this. Even the most sad person says, this is not me. We summarily reject sorrow as the definition of I. And we summarily reject fear as natural to the state of being a human being. Fear is unnatural, sorrow is unnatural, both are rejected. And what better proof of this than the pharmaceutical companies coming up with new new antidepressants and new new anti-anxiety medicines every single day. Even they know. You know, pharmaceutical companies are clueless, but you know, here they have they have become Vedantins overnight because they know they know that the nature of the human being is not to be afraid, is not to be sad. If you are sad, something is wrong. That's why the friend, you know, hello, how are you? Ah, ah. Then immediately the friend will say, What's the matter? What went wrong? We don't live in a society where we greet each other with, how are you? Ah, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, although that happened to me once. You know, when I first came to this country, I had a 103 fever. I didn't know what was going on. And I had to go, I went to some Albertsons or some place like that to get some aspirin and some, you know, soup or whatever I needed to get through this. And then, uh, so the, uh, there was one fellow in the checkout, you know, the one who goes ting ting, beep beep, beep beep and says, and so that, that uh, man asked, so how are you doing? And I said, oh, he cares, how nice. <laughs> I said, well, you know, I just came from India and I seem to have this high fever which is not going. What do you think I should take? I had two things that I wanted to show him because I didn't know American medicines, what they are like. I, did, I didn't know what anything was. So I said, this also says, this also says. And you know what, how he, what he responded? 199, 2.99, 3.99. I said, I have fever. Great. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> so this was my experience of culture shock, you know. Yes. So this is what the whole thing is. We, you know, we don't say when somebody is complaining about their life, we don't say great. When they are saying I'm sad, we don't say great unless like this checkout fellow who was just a mere, you know, young boy. Uh, he, he wasn't listening, obviously. So when you're listening, you will say, oh, how terrible. Because if sorrow were my nature, then I, we would be congratulating one another. 
ओ थ्री सैड थिंग्स हैपन टू यू दिस वीक वंडरफुल ग्रेट बिकॉज स्वभाव निवृत्ति वॉट एवर इज माई नेचर वी कैनॉट अवॉइड so we don't congratulate one another when sad things happen and we don't commiserate you know when wonderful things happen so this itself shows that i have rejected sorrow and anxiety or fear as my nature so if you have rejected that then who are you you know well i don't know who i am but i have this ideal you know understanding i have this desire i have this understanding somehow that i'm supposed to be happy oh that's great for how long are you supposed to be happy 5 minutes no are you kidding 10 minutes no okay let's be generous 10 years you're supposed to be happy no i'm supposed to be happy forever always this is ananda how do you know that how do you know that you are supposed to be happy when you don't know what that ananda is but everybody knows huh? one has tasted it one has experienced it one knows that one has experienced it you know in in eugene we have a joke that we all go for walks and groceries in between two rain drops so <laughs> likewise you know in between two pressing desires when the mind is calm one knows one wakes up generous yes take away all my possessions no problem yes you can have that no one is an enemy everybody is wonderful no one is inimical today i'm in a grand mood you know where did this mood come from the mood didn't come that's you know that's you because all the desires are somewhere you know they haven't woken up yet <laughs> they are still sleeping <laughs> let sleeping desires lie okay yeah so they are still sleeping they are not clamoring to be fructified they are not clamoring for attention they are just still you know in bed under covers and then one is suddenly magnanimous and the same world about which one was complaining one is very happy so what happened yesterday you were complaining so much oh that was yesterday this is today you should also try being in the moment the person becomes a philosopher <laughs> that's what the whole thing is so i have tasted that one has tasted that even though one is not there now there is a there was a great musician in india bade ghulam ali khan and people were just crazy about him concerts were just so god like to sit there and listen to that music it was just amazing in one concert he had a cold and his throat was off and he had to hit a high note which he knew he couldn't go so high because he had a very bad throat so he showed the note <laughs> so, much like the aforementioned sadhu although his hand did come down but you know he showed the note and everybody just you know it was a moment of great understanding and a kind of a, a synergic merging between the performer and the uh, audience which became participants into this into this so they all understood he didn't say i am showing the taraka you know the the what is that the highest octave note here i'm not sure, I, i'm showing this because i can't go there it was understood it was musical sign language and they knew he had a cold because he was coughing and drinking water and everything in the middle of the concert and then he, he had to go there and people who had heard that song who had heard that you know uh, raga rendered by him previously they could all enjoy when he just went the lower one and he showed it over there <laughs> that's the state of the jeevas you know i know it is somewhere there i am not there right now this is what the whole thing is then what happens so what do i need to get there let's go to another upanishad we are upanishad hopping today yeah like the bee you know collecting the most important pollen from the most fragrant flowers so we are also bees 
So the message is to just be, yes, and enjoy the journey. So now we go hop into the Chandogya flower and drink deep of its nectar. And what does the Chandogya Upanishad say? In the seventh chapter of the Chandogya Upanishad, there is a statement, Atmavit Shokam Tarati, or rather it's the other way around, Shokam Tarati Atmavit. Shoka means what? Sorrow. Sadness. Shoka is shaka. Shock. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I tell you, most of the words came from Sanskrit only. Like shampoo is from Sanskrit. So many words are from Sanskrit. So, shokam, sorrow, in the second case. Tarati. Tarati means what? Swims across. Crosses. Yeah. Because if it crosses, you know, Sorrow doesn't cross. Sorrow is in the second case. So, someone crosses sorrow. Who is that? What is the last word? Atmavit. Atmanam vetiti atmavit. The one who knows atma, the one who knows oneself. Not as an idiot, because that we all know that. You know, where, where has that led us? Nowhere. <laughs> the one who knows the self. I have to be careful, because people say, I also know myself. I'm a, I'm a big idiot. No. That's not we are talking, what we are talking about. The one who knows the self as free of all afflictions, as the source, as one with the source. That is the person who is a sage, who is called Atmavit. So the knower of the Atma, the knower of the self, what does he or she do? Crosses sorrow. If you don't cross sorrow, you are just cross. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. So the knower of the I crosses sorrow, says the Chandogya Upanishad. And again, if we look at it with the vision of Shraddha, we have to say, okay, maybe the way out of this yo-yo life, what is this yo-yo life? Modha, Pramoda, Priya, Modha, Pramoda, Dukha. <laughs> And in fact, as my teacher pointed out, they are not always alternating. Because if it was Sukha, Dukha, Sukha means what? <laughs> Happiness, yeah. Not Sukha. Sometimes in America they say Sukha. Sukha has another meaning. Sukha means all dried out. Yeah. <laughs> Sukha, Dukha, alternating. Sukha, Dukha. Then it is bearable. Because when Dukha comes, what's going to come next? Sukha, so I, I don't mind. But that's not the life. So if the, so the one possessed of Sukha is called Sukhi, the one possessed of Dukha is called Dukhi. Dukhi. So it's not like Sukhi. Dukhi. Sukhi. Dukhi. That we can bear. No problem. Because as soon as Dukha comes, I know what is next. Sukha. No brainer. But usually what happens? Dukhi. Sukhi. Dukhi. Sukhi. Yeah, that's when we have to consult an astrologer. Because <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> that's why we have two here visiting. <coughs> so this is what it is. You know, that's when one consults an astrologer. What's going on? This seems to be a relentless backlash where all the grahas, grahas means what? The, 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 that's why it's called graha because it catches. Grah to grasp, it seems to have caught hold of me as though there's no one else in the universe. All nine of them seem to have caught hold of me relentlessly. Help! You know, that's why I call it horror scope. And because it's the it shows the scope of all the horrors in the life and puts some sanity into it. No, 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 don't worry. You're running some. You, you're running the Saturn period. It's called Dasha. Oh, how long is that? Only 18 years. Oh my God. <laughs> so 18 years this will happen. Yeah. What should I do? Study Vedanta? Shastram, that's all it is, you know. Saturn is, is like uh, Guru. Guru means teacher. It's the Jupiter. You know, Saturn is a teacher 
But Jupiter is a kind teacher. Saturn is a teacher who teaches by snatching away everything that you have and everything you, that you ever wanted and gives enforced vairagya. That's what Saturn does. This is what it is. So the knower of the Atma crosses sorrow. If it is told, I have to look into it. If I have, what? Shraddha. Whatever I ask, the answer is Shraddha today for the question. Okay. <laughs> and I tell you, after telling the answer also, next time I ask, nobody will say. They will still look. Yeah. <laughs> so, if I have Shraddha, if I have, Shraddha means giving the benefit of doubt to the Shastra because I, I can't make sense of head or tail of this. Why am I sad all the time and suddenly happy and that happiness is so elusive. I can give so many explanations but I don't have, you know, I don't have a way of getting out of this. So therefore, we have to see what the Shastra says. What does the teaching say about this? Oh, so sorry, you're confined to this, better luck next life. No, it doesn't say that. It says there is a way right now to connect with that note <laughs> that you're not able to reach. And that note is called Ananda, which is you, but you, you see it, you have experienced it in the past, you know it is you, but right now you, you seem to be separated from it as though you are alienated from it, you can't reach it. And therefore, become an Atma with, simple, become an Atma with, and Atma with is the one who crosses sorrow, you know, become an Atma with, you know, it doesn't say go have some more experiences, it doesn't say go do this, that and then you'll be fine, it doesn't say do more things, it's not about doing, it's about being, it's about being and cognitively understanding the truth of this I. This is very, very, very important, extremely important. And the truth of this I is already what you want it to be. And with that I have to connect. And that requires a lot of what is called shedding. That's why I have renamed the Upanishads Upanishad. Yeah. <laughs> that which makes me shed. And what is it that you shed? All this landfill, all the non-biodegradable, toxic thoughts, ideas, patterns about the self, about the Jagat, about Jiva, the self, about the Jagat, the universe and about Ishvara, the Lord. This is what I have come with. I have come with all these things and yesterday we saw some of the sources are gathered from families, from the culture, from so many lifetimes, from childhood experiences. It all forms a big block, a wall, which shuts off what we call darshan. What is darshan? Sight. Yeah, sacred sight of my own inner glory. So poor Bhagawan is trapped in this landfill somewhere and I keep looking and I keep singing sad songs. Yeah. Darshan kab doge. <laughs> when are you going? Why are you so el elusive? And you know, give me darshan. Why are you so elusive? Oh Lord, where are you? How come you are not with me? In my time of need, how come when I just touch you, you, you seem to go away? And the Lord is too kind. The Lord doesn't say dismantle those walls first. Yeah. It's like the iron curtain, inner iron curtain. That's why, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an iron wall built out of eons of self-sabotage. Whatever I have built for protection is actually stopping me from seeing my own glory. Therefore, it has to be dismantled, detonated. Ah. It has to, dis to be dismantled. 
and the detonation you have to call a detonation squad right yeah with all these buildings you know some things which are out of style which is full of leaks and whatnot and full of uh, sometimes it's got all these uh, critters there the building itself has become a landfill it cannot be saved it has to be brought down the building cannot bring itself down you have to call for help and that help is called guru the guru is a bomb yeah <laughs> that is called a bomb the guru comes armed with the bomb called upanishad yes that's what it is sometimes the explosion is immediate because the person is ready and has evacuated <laughs> ha sometimes the explosion is like small small series of explosions and then the person sees sometimes the explosion doesn't take place at all but the bomb is still there and it explodes next life ha ah. and sometimes the explosion you and everybody gives up hope including the guru the person you know everybody is waiting okay <laughs> let it <laughs> let it come out but it doesn't come suddenly it explodes yeah this is what the whole thing is needs help and that factor which which provides this help is the is the upanishad aided or handled by the guru and here is a very important question upanishad is a book right yeah it's now it is in the form of a book before it was all orally verbally transmitted now it is in the form of books ever since writing came into being oh so are they translated into english yes many times over so can i check them out or buy them and can i not read them yes you can you know so why not i initiate myself into a course of what diy vedanta self study what is diy do it yourself uh, do it yourself why can't i diy my way to moksha my way to that which i feel i cannot reach you know this is what the uh, when the you know when robert clive the the viceroy the first viceroy not viceroy they were called governor generals then of india you know because he was told their religion is very strong and they have all these wonderful truths exotic oriental truths so you must read you know he didn't have time so he sent one understudy one intern who went and hired one pandit to teach him the upanishad and the first mantra you know in the shukla yajurveda is om purnamadav purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate etc and what does that mean you know he was already tired of sitting on the floor like a pretzel he had never sat on the floor and the pandit the guru said you have to sit on the floor there is no other way you have to sit like this and you have to listen yeah he had his trouble with his you know knees they were like wings of the aeroplane yeah they were refusing to sit down properly and then you know so he was in a rush ow ow tell me quickly ow i have to get out of this what is this no no sit what does this mean and the poor pandit translated it that is whole this is whole wait w h o l e h o l e no 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 w h o l e he is writing this down because he for him it's a civil service job he has to report to the boss aha uh -huh. that is whole okay this is whole aha uh -huh. and then what you take the whole away from the whole what just write it down okay take the whole away from the whole and what remains is the whole and he said okay class dismissed enough i've had enough he got up he says wait that was just the beginning mantra i have a lot more to say no 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 i i i'm done the rest of the time he took off had a nice vacation with his family and then wrote his report because everything in those days had to be submitted in triplicate and so this is what came he said to robert clive don't mr clive don't worry about these upanishads 
They are not anything powerful. They are not what makes these natives powerful. They are the mere prattlings of an infantile mind. This is, this is what was said about the Upanishads. And somebody asked me, were you not offended? I said, no, this one thing did not offend me. Because thank God he said that, that's why it was saved. Nobody looked into it and tried to distort it or tried to, you know, snatch it away. You know, because who is worried about a pacifier of the baby? Is that threatening? No. Oh, of course, have two pacifiers, no problem. <laughs> this is what the whole thing was. So, this is not the way to study because this is, you know, this is what is done in academentia, you know, yeah. In Berkeley, I'm not allowed to use that word. <laughs> the head of the department joked that I'm, uh, you know, uh, influencing the students. <laughs> so, this is what the whole thing is. In academentia, everything becomes, you know, part of this wanting to analyze, wanting to do this, wanting to study, wanting to take everything apart. And in the process of taking everything apart, I myself fall apart. That is what happens. Because this is not do it yourself. It is something, you don't do the Upanishads. The Upanishads do you. They do a number on you and you have to let them. That is what is called Shraddha. Allowing the Upanishad to operate upon me and excise this tumor of samsara completely successfully. I have to be, I have to help myself get anesthetized. Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om